You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So, we're going to go to Malachi chapter 3. Any preacher who's ever preached, any preacher worth his salt has got a tithing message on Malachi chapter 3, okay? So that's where we're going. We're not going to talk just about tithing, okay? Malachi chapter 3, there are four blessings there that uh, I want to share with you that I want you to see, all right? But before we get to the blessing, we need to get some context. Be careful cherry-picking again, right? And say, well, I want this scripture and this. Make sure you get context. Here is the context. God is speaking to the nation of Israel. He is calling out to them, Malachi chapter 3, beginning verse 7. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have turned away from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me. And I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you ask, how can we return? God says, will a man rob God? God answers a question with a question, doesn't he? And he says, yet you are robbing me. But you ask, how do we rob you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. Cursed with a curse. Talked a little bit about that last week. If you missed the sermon, we talked a little bit about that. It's not like God curses you, you know, and he makes you fall down and break your good arm, you know. It's not that he does that, but that there are all these blessings, and if you don't open the door, you don't have access to them. They're, they're still behind the door. you got to get that door open. That's what he's talking about. You're cursed. You've, you've walked away from me. How can, you know, and, 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 he, and he says, this has been going on. Your, your fathers did this. You're not the first generation. And I, and I look. Come on, think about it. I look, and I see. It seems generation after generation is just backing further and further away from God. He says, you're getting away from, well, if I'm getting away from God, how, do, how can I expect to have the blessings that he wants to give me? So he says, return to me, come back. I, I want to do some amazing things for you. So this is the situation, the context of the rest of the scripture, and it's only really three more verses we're going to read, but there's a whole lot of stuff there, and I believe me, about twice as many, much stuff as I'm even going to share with you. I, I, did, I cut my sermon pretty much in a half before we got here today, okay? There's just so much that is there. But in these three verses, four things that God says he, re, he will bless us with. Uh, and, and, but here's the context. This is the situation. Here's the solution. Here's where it begins right here, uh, verse 10. Got a little bit, the next slide for me, Joanna. Uh, yeah. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. That's the first thing he said. Now, he's, he's saying, return to me, but here's another area where you, you're not obeying me is the tithes and offerings. We talked about that last week, 10%. That's what tithe means, okay? So we talked about that last week also. If you've got questions about that, go, go listen to that sermon, and then come ask me if you still don't understand. Okay, so he says, you're still robbing me with this because I said this belongs to me and you're not, you're not giving it to me. And he says the full tithe, okay? So not just, here, here's, the, here's the awesome thing about tithing. It's 10%. It, it, that's on purpose, you know? I, I love, and I've seen this throughout my ministry, seeing a teenager who gets a job and, and then uh, that next Sunday they write a check for $23.47. You know, and I realize, you know why they did that? Because they're being purposeful about, I'm giving that 10% that God says belongs to him. Oh, that blesses me. Some people say, well, why don't they just make it up to $25? I love the fact that they gave $23.47 because it's purposeful. They're saying, I am going to do this because God says this is it. So this is, this is sowing on purpose is what we're talking about today. Doing these things on purpose, returning to God, being obedient, tithes, 
and offerings to those things. Here are the four blessings, okay? And I've got a lot to lay out for you here, right? Oh, that, was, that was the beginning of, cha- of verse 10, but verse 10's got a lot more in it. So let's, let's start over again with verse 10. Bring the full tithe in the storehouse. We just read that, right? So that there may be food in my house, okay? Uh, and, you know, food doesn't just naturally show up. Not in my house, okay? The Kroger may deliver it to your house, but you had to make a phone call or something, or you had to go online, right, to order the food. It doesn't just show up. But you know what? There is an awesome thing going to happen this week. Some of you are going to Grandma's house, right? You're going to go there, and you're not, you're not going to take food or anything. You're not, you're not going to cook. Some of you are not even going to help clean up or move chairs or whatever. But the house is going to be full of food and the smell of food, right? And I, I remember, it's, uh, you know, our, our Thanksgiving weeks used to be really, really busy. And, you know, I'm kind of thankful it's not quite as busy, but I'm not thankful for the reason it's not as busy because I miss my mom and I miss my mother-in-law. And I really miss their cooking on Thanksgiving, you know, because you go in there and some of you, you go into your grandma's house, right? You go in there and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get with the rest of my family, but you go to grandma's house and, and you know, you're going to have dressing. Somebody say amen. Yeah. yeah oh, good, good. You, you're going to have mac and cheese. Uh, you, you're going to, you're going to have green beans. Yeah. With the, the ones with the crumbly stuff on top or just the other ones or what? I, li- I like the other ones that are cooked for having got a little fat back or something. So, you know, some of that, gr- you get a little grease in there. Are you going to have the sweet potato souffle or yams or something like that? Or, and you got to have the little marshmallows on top, right? And, and my mom used to like to make the Parker house rolls, you know, and, and everybody, you know, everybody grabbed one of those before we even asked the blessing and got to the table, you know, and, and, and just on and on and on. All those things, anybody hungry yet? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and then at the end of it, you know, just, I, just about every, every Thanksgiving, I wanted a piece of my mom's homemade pecan pie. I don't care where you buy it, there is no bought pecan pie as good as a homemade pecan pie. And I would finish off with that, and then we would go to David's mom's house. And we would have the exact same food, pretty much. And I would finish it off again with another piece of pecan pie. Unless she made chocolate pie, because David's mom could make a really great chocolate pie. Or sometimes the chocolate cake. She made this homemade chocolate icing that David still makes and is really, really, really awesome. Okay, now y'all don't hit Dave up for it till after uh, the holidays, okay? But it's like, it's, it's going to be there, right? All of that's going to be there. But you know what God is saying to us when he says return? I've, I've got an idea that your, your grandma, she don't do DoorDash, does she? You've got to go to enjoy the food. The food is there. You, you've got to be there. That's one, of, that's one of God's blessings. You know, he wants to bless us, but one of the things he wants is he wants us to be with him. And that's what he starts this whole thing with, is I want you here with me. You know, he said, you, you, you've, you've left me. You've, you've gotten away from me, but I want you to return to me. The first thing he says, I want you to return to me. So we've got to return to him, okay? So it says that there may be food in the house, like it's going to be at grandma's this week. There will be food in the house. Okay, uh, two things right here is uh, back in the Old Testament, the tabernacle, and then later the temple, and the tabernacle, there was this table called the table of showbread, and they kept fresh bread on it all the time. It always had to have fresh bread on it, not, not last week's bread, not last month's bread, not six-month-old bread. It had to have fresh bread on it. And uh, there's a whole lot of stuff to preach about that, but I haven't got time for that, okay? And I, some of you who know some of that, that background, I know you want to go there. We can't go there. I don't have time. Here's one of the other things this says to us. As long as there was fresh bread there, you know what that meant? That meant there was fresh bread in Israel. 
That meant that there was blessing going on in the, because they were able to actually make their own bread and then also have bread for the temple. It, it was a testimony that God was providing for the needs of Israel. So what about the converse of that? If we don't bring the bread, that's, that's like saying, well, you know, God isn't able to bless us enough so that we can have enough and that the house can have enough, the house of God can have enough. But God's saying, yes, that's got to be. And if we don't, you know, you know this may be one that you say, well, no, that, that blessing don't mean a whole lot to me. Well, it should. Because today, there is food in the house, in this house right here where you are. You're, you're being fed right now. You might not be eating it, but it's being laid out for you. And, and you might not really like the meal today. You might have wanted some you know, dessert, but you're getting meat and potatoes today, right, from the pastor. But you're getting fed. You're getting, fed, you're getting food. And, and, and our kids, back in kids' church right now, there's food back there. Why? Because somebody brought the tithes and the offerings into the house, and there's food in the house. And this Wednesday night, well, I think teens aren't meeting this Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night, let's talk about that, okay? Last Wednesday night, there was food in the house for you teens, because somebody is bringing, bringing it in. So it's, it's, it's a blessing to us. I mean, we don't look at that as, as maybe like, well, that's, that's, that's not the one. You might say, that's not the, really the one I want, Pastor. You will when your family starts suffering and you realize what they need is more Jesus. When you start realizing that, you'll say, thank God there is food in the house. And there's food in the house today because of that. Okay? Let's go to the second one. This, one, this is one that really helps us see the difference in... Um, promises and blessing okay because i i i think when we look at this and um when we look at this a lot of times we kind of get to this uh you know god says do this and i'll do this and that's the way we look at god you know that god's got a list of things we do and if we do this we get this if we prioritize we get a blessing and i know people that do that it's like again cherry picking some of those things like uh you know well i'm gonna do this i'll be i'll be blessed in my finances I'm not living right any way else, you know. I'm not doing right here. I'm not doing right there. I'm not obeying God in that. I know that scripture says that, but I don't pay attention to that. But I'm going to pay my tithes because I want to be blessed. That's not the way it works. The beginning of those verses says, return to me. Come back to me. And be obedient. Give your tithes and give your offerings. Look at, look at this right here with me. Again, we're still Malachi chapter 3. We're still at verse 10, right? Bring the full tithe in the storehouse. We've already read that so that there may be food in my house. We've already read that. Then he says, test me in this. I've read that so many times, and I've kind of gotten it, but I, I think I'm getting it more and more in my, in my understanding today than I ever have. Is He's not saying, because as, as we read that, we think God is saying, if you'll tithe, I'll do all these things that I'm saying I'm going to do. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, test me in this. What he's saying is, is you know, and, and some people say, well, this is Old Testament, and, and I don't believe that the Old Testament promises are for us today. Okay, you can argue that if you want to. I'm saying this is not a promise. That's not what he's saying. I'm not promising to do this for you. Here's what I hear God saying. God is saying, test me in this and see what my character is. See if I'm not exactly who I say I am. See if I do not care when you don't have enough. See if I will not bless you when you have need. See if I don't cry every time you cry a tear. See if I'm not, if I'm not broken when you're broken. See if I am. That's what God is saying here. He's not saying do this so you can get this. He's saying come back to me. Be obedient. Come on, let's get back in this relationship. Make sure this relationship stays right. And if so, then you'll see exactly who I am. That's what he's saying here. Come back to me. 
and see who I really am in your life. Not, not if you'll do this, then I'll do this. Because that's the way so many of us are living our life. Okay, I'm going to do this so God will do this for me. No, that's not the way it works. I'm going I'm to pay my tithe so I get a blessing. That's not the way it works. It's like the whole thing about the relationship coming back together. It's about sowing everything I am into this relationship with God. And then when that happens, man, there are all these blessings. And the first one is food in the house. The second one is this. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing without measure. And that without measure right there, uh, some translations say it this way. See if I will not pour out a blessing on you so much that you can't even hold it. That it's just, it's just pouring out of your hands. You ever, you ever you know, tried to hold something more than you really could carry and it's just pouring out of your hands? I think of that and sometimes I think of, a, I think of the psalm where it talks about you know, my cup running over. So full. God, you full, filled me with so much. It's just running over. It's just spilling. And some people you know, have, have asked me, Is that, that mean God is wasteful? No, he's not being wasteful. What happens to that that spills out? It spills out onto other people who maybe they don't have their cup turned right side up, yeah? But you've got yours turned right side up, and so God can pour in, and then it splashes out on people around you. Most specifically, think about what God is doing there, that, that he's blessing you in, in a way that it spills out on people who don't know him, who, who aren't able to get to those blessings because they don't have that relationship with him yet. That, that that's the kind of thing it's doing. Okay, so here, here's, here, here's a couple of things. Uh, four warnings for you, okay? About a poverty mindset. A poverty mindset will cause you to consume the seed. Because a poverty mindset says, there's not going to be enough. So I better take this for me. If you think about it like a farmer, imagine a farmer who said, well, I didn't have a good crop this year, so I guess I need to eat all my corn. We just put it all up and we'll just eat it all. You know, that's what a poverty mindset says. I got, I, I got to take all this from me. I don't have enough to help anybody else. I don't have enough to bless anybody else. But you remember that from the first, first couple of slides a few moments ago? That's like saying God is not able to take care of me, that there's not enough blessing here for me and for me to help someone else. That's what a poverty mindset says. But you look, did you look and see what God said? What did God say about this? God said the exact opposite. A poverty mind. And some of you have this. You have a poverty mindset and, and it's just overwhelmed you and you can't do anything because you say, well, I just don't have enough and, and it keeps you bound. You need to get rid of that because that's not what God says about what, his character and who he is. What does he say? He said, I'm going to pour out so much on you, you can't even receive it. There's going to be so much. That's what God is saying about this. So if you've got a poverty mindset, let me tell you, as a child of God, that, that is an absolute the opposite of what you're supposed to have because God says without measure. And that's a, that's a really cool thing that, that's there too. Uh, look, if we consume the seed, then there's no more harvest. You see, when that farmer, when he and his family eat all the, all the corn, they're not going to have a harvest next year because he consumed all the seed. It's a scary thing, isn't it, to have faith sometimes. Think about that farmer. You know, take an ear of corn and you get all the kernels off, you know, and you let them dry out real good and everything. And you know what you've got to do? The first thing you've got to do to have a harvest a few months down the road is you've got to take that seed and you've got to bury it. You've got to put it out of your sight. You've got, you've got to put it in a place that you're not in control anymore. You've got to let it die. <laughs> that seed has got to die to you so it, become, so it can become something awesome later. That's what you got to do. You gotta, it's got to be buried. It's got to be given up. It's got to die. 
That's what has to happen. But as long as we consume the seed, there'll never be another harvest. And, and, and you know, we, we challenge God. That's a nicer way to say it than I started to say it. We want to challenge God. It's like, you know, we sing these songs about him being a way maker, whatever, and some of you are thinking, Not my, I can't say that in my life lately. And we challenge him. But here's the third thing. We choose the level of our blessing. We choose that. When, when a farmer, if a farmer wants more harvest, what does he do? Sows more seed, right? And, and if he fills it, all the land he's got, if he fills it up with seed so that he's going to have a harvest everywhere in his land, and he says, but I want more, then what has he got to do? He's got to find more land. Maybe he rents from the neighbor, you know, or something. Maybe he even buys some piece of property next door so he can, I mean, he's got to find another field to be able to. So all of these things, it's on purpose. You don't accidentally get a harvest. You get a harvest on purpose. And when, and when you want more, you've got to do some things on purpose. You choose to sow the seed so that, and, and you choose to not consume all the seed. And you choose to be a giver so that God can continue to bless you. And here's... Here's the catch for us sometimes with this overabundance. Not just abundance. I chose to say overabundance. Not just abundance, but overabundance. Is you don't get the overabundance. We don't receive that from God so that we can have more toys or so we can get fat. We receive overabundance to share with people in our lives. You have family that don't know Jesus, just like that cup being full. You've got people around you that don't, they don't have a cup being filled right now. You've got friends, people you work with, people you go to school with. You, you, we've got the community around us. People are hurting, and I don't mean hurting like, I don't feel good today, I mean hurting. That their, their marriages are falling apart, their families are under attack. You've got people like that, and that's why we have an overabundance so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. That God could bless us with so much, and, and not just financially, but so much love, joy, peace, even time, so that we've got enough that we can bless somebody else. But if you're consuming all the love, you're consuming all the peace, you're consuming all the joy, you're consuming all the finances, and you're consuming all your time, then your harvest is over because you consumed it all. You've got to understand the over, uh, we, we, we pray, uh, and uh, this is, this is the, the blessing out of Malachi chapter 3 that everybody wants. We want this, but we've, we've got to remember the reason for it, because if we don't, we end up consuming it all ourselves, using it all on ourselves and our kids and our families, and then we don't have anything else for the next harvest. So we've got to make sure, and, and it's not all about finances. It's about, oh, and I, let me not get ahead of myself. It's about so much more than, than that. Here's the third, okay? This is the third blessing. And this is one that maybe I don't know that everybody is really like excited about until you really think about what's going on. I mean, this, this one excites me because I've been under attack before. Anybody else ever been under attack? Anybody ever felt like the enemy is just dogging you at every turn? You ever felt like that? That's why this one means so much to me. This is verse, we finally moved on from verse 10. We're at verse 11 now, finally. God says, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your land and the vine in your field will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord of hosts. God will rebuke the enemies of your harvest. 
there are two things here, and I, I've dug into this many times over the years in the Hebrew. And again, let me say, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I really rely on people that know Hebrew to tell me things, okay? So, but I really dig into it. I study this. And there are two things right here in, in this verse. And the first one is about your plant, uh, you know, that you're trying to get a harvest out of. You, you, ever seen, you ever seen fruit fall from a tree before it was ripe? You, know, you ever seen that? You know, and so it's kind of talking about that. He's saying your your sowing will not fail to produce fruit. You know that that's a law. That's a law in Scripture. You know, sowing and reaping is a law, and it's not just it's not just physically sowing seed and getting that, but sowing and reaping whatsoever. Word of God says several times, whatsoever a man sows, that is what he's going to reap. God says your sowing will not fail to produce fruit. You you ever feel like? You work and you work and work, it's not enough. You work overtime and it's still not enough. And you, you know, you, you try to gather and you try to do everything you can to pay all the bills. It's not, you, you get your paycheck and you put it into a bag that's like full of holes that's coming out faster than you could put it in. Anybody? Anybody ever feel like that? That's Haggai chapter one. I dare you to read it this afternoon. Haggai chapter one, okay? Uh, that's, that's what it's talking about. It's like we're still doing that, trying to do that, but getting further away from God and still trying to trying to do it all by herself. And he says, don't do that anymore because you know what I'll do? He says, I'll make sure there is a harvest from your sowing. If you sow on purpose, I'll make sure that there is a harvest from your sowing. But here's the other thing he says. Also, God stops the devourer. Y- y'all ever seen a scarecrow? You know what a scarecrow is? And I mean a real one out in a cornfield somewhere, not just the decorative ones we use around uh, the fall. But you ever seen a real scarecrow? How many crows does a scarecrow scare away? Who knows, right? I mean, really, does anybody know? You can't know. You know, unless you're sitting out there and you're watching really good, you're not going to know. You know, because that crow, you know, it comes over and it looks down and says, oh, my goodness, I have hit the mother load. Smorgasbord today. Cornfield, all-you-can-eat buffet. You know, and he starts to, you know, he starts dive bombing, ready to come into your field. All of a sudden, the wind hits your scarecrow just right, and, and you, you know, your two, the two arms start flapping around a little bit, and maybe he spins a little bit, and that crow says, oh, not going there. Let me go see if I can find some fast food. I think I saw some roadkill over on the next street over, right? It, you don't know how many crows didn't show up. You know, every once in a while, you might see a couple of crows way away from the scarecrow thinking they're going to sneak in or whatever, and you might say, that scarecrow's not doing his job. And you might, you might not have known about the flock of crows that he scared off, right? Isn't that the way it is with God? Because a lot of times we want to challenge God about that too. God, why did you let that happen in my life? Why did you let that happen? Why did you let, why did you let this come? Why did you let that person attack me? Why did you let this be said about me? Why did you let this fall apart? Why did you let this be stolen away from me? Boy, I've got those questions. You know, and, and here, here's what I see God doing. He's like a big scarecrow in our life. You know, and sometimes there's a little crow that comes in and God says, oh, Rick can handle that one. And so he lets that one grow because, hey, it's our problems and our situations and our struggles that help us grow. We just, we just stay big and fat babies in Christianity if we never face any kind of opposition or any kind of struggle. And then maybe there's, well, there's another one. God sees another one and says, uh, I'm going to help him a little bit with that one. But then God sees, he's, he, he's, he doesn't have his eyes on those little things that just help us grow, but he's got his eyes out. There's the devourer. He's coming. And that one's going to crush Rick's spirit. 
that one's going to wipe him out, and I can't let that one go. And that's the one that he says no to, and he rebukes the devourer out of my life. And you and I will never know how many devourers God has rebuked in our life on this side of eternity. But he says, I'm doing this. Every day that you live, I am rebuking the devourer that is trying to take you down. And we miss it. We don't realize that. That's why this is important to me. And I got I to hurry up and close. Here's the last one, okay? Uh, tithers are blessed, obviously so. Malachi, this is verse uh, 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Again, there's two things here, all right? Um, and the first one is this. Is uh, you're going to be, it's kind of wordy. Bring that up so I can read it with everybody. Thank you, Joanna. Uh, the, this promise is that you will be so blessed it will even be obvious to those who don't know Jesus. That's what that's saying. <laughs> You're going to be so blessed. Even people that don't know me, God says. Even people that don't know me are going to say, wow, those people are blessed by their God. That's what it's saying. Can I ask you a question? Who do you envy? Who do you envy? I know. We're not supposed to be jealous, are we? Not supposed to have envy in our hearts. But in those times that you get just a little weak, all right, and you're comparing your life to somebody else's, and you don't have maybe everything they have, who do you envy? I know all of you aren't, aren't football fans, so I might have to give a little explanation of this. Last Sunday, there was a football coach here in America that he got fired and got $75 million worth of, of severance pay. And all week long, I've heard guys say, fire me. Let me be next. Fire me. I'm ready. <laughs> I walk. What was it? Orgeron was talking to somebody. He was talking about Ed Orgeron. They got fired a few years ago. He said, they told me they would fire me and what they were giving me in severance pay. I said, when do you want me to leave? Which door do you want me to use? Right? And, and you know, we look around and say, man, that'd be awesome to get fired for $75 million. You know, we get, we get in line today, Right? I mean, who do you envy? Do you envy Jimbo Fisher today because he got $75 million? Who do you envy? You envy Taylor Swift? Who do you envy? Look around because, let me see, I, I notice this because I get these kinds of updates just all the time, these stories, because I see people, and, and you know what, it seems like those who have the most fame, the most fortune, the most popularity, all that, are killing themselves at a higher rate. Than the rest of the population. Why? I think it's right here, isn't it? Because one day they're going to wake up and they're going to realize what is really real. And those that you envy are going to look into your life and envy what it is that you have and say, I wish I had that kind of God in my life that blesses me beyond what I can even imagine. Oh, there's something else that goes, that's in here. Also, it says, you're, uh, it's, it says uh, you will be a land of delight. Another way to say that is your land will be delightful. In other words, it will be wholly blessed. All right, so get this, your land, your land. Uh, I don't know if anybody in the first service knew, knew this guy. I thought several would, but anybody ever heard of Jesse Waters? He's now a host on uh, Fox Channel or something. But he used to have this segment that he would do on, on some shows called, and it was called Waters World. You know, and he would, he would wrap up his little segment with this little tagline. He would say, I'm Waters, and this is my world. 
And he thought this was so cute. I mean, you can just see his little smile. He had a little smirky smile on his face. He just thought that was so cute. And this is my world. You know, that was, that was what he said, water's world. You know, this is my world. Let me ask you, what's your world? Name, I want you to name it. What is your world? Or th this verse is talking about land. That's what I'm talking about. What is your world? What's your land? Your family? Your marriage? Maybe your other relationships? Your future? Your business? Some of you are business owners. Your business? Your career? What about it? What, what's your land? Uh, maybe your physical health or your mental health? What's your land? This says right here. Not just you, you won't just have a delightful checkbook. You will have a delightful land. You will have a delightful world. So much so that people will look at your land, your world, and say, man, how blessed they are by their God. That's what I want. Man, what tremendous, you know, if, if I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have preached this message totally different. But just understanding some things today. That it's not if I do this, I get a little bit, because that's what we do. If, I do, if I'm going to pay my tithes so I get blessed financially, but it's like, no, 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 let's do, let's do this. And let's let God be on our side about everything. To not just have a blessed checkbook, but to have a blessed family, a blessed home, a blessed future, a blessed, a, a, a blessed career, a blessed health, to have all those things. That's what, and again, this is not a, a, a to-do list, a checklist. This is God saying, test me and see my character. This is his character. If you'll open the door and let him come through, this is his character. This is who he wants to be in your, your life, in your world. And, and some of you are sitting there thinking, well, he's talking to people that don't know Jesus. No, I'm talking to people who know Jesus. But you've kind of been stepping away a little bit. He said, don't you want the rest? Don't you want this? Because this is what's offered to us. This is, this is what, and, and it's, not, it's not an if-then promise again. This is, the, this is the fabric of God. This is his DNA. This is his character. And if we'll just open the door, we'll see all those things come to pass in our lives. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.